0: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman.
1: Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman.
0: And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. The baffling mystery surrounding the sacred black pearl of Osiris is about to be solved. In our last episode, we heard how Clark Kent took Jimmy Olsen and Tumbleweed Jones to the theater where he and Jimmy had witnessed the performance of the great Gambini, and how he solved for them the mystery of the disappearing theater. As they stood just within the entrance of the stage door, they heard the voice of the whisperer warning them to leave at once. They tracked the voice down and discovered that the whisperer was none other than Miss Rycroft herself. Miss Rycroft, wishing to help them, yet at the same time wanting to hide her identity, had assumed this disguise. Leaving the theater, they discovered that the stage door was locked and bolted. And then the voice of the Egyptian named Batik, henchman to the mysterious man called Humi, spoke to them. Listen. My master Humi, and if I may say so, death, await you all. Hey, listen.
1: Yeah, what do you mean?
0: Come and no tricks, please. I have gone... And I know how to shoot it.
2: Suffering coyotes. It sure takes Superman himself to get us out of this. That's what I was thinking. Go
0: this door, please. Steps lead down to
2: cellar. Be
0: missed. Stay. Mr. King. Yes, Miss Rykoff. The night the great Dandini, or whoever he was, caused me to disappear, I was taken down into a cellar, bound
2: and gagged. This seems to be the same place. Oh, is a big cellar. Jumping coyotes. Look at all those...
1: Yeah. And that fella sitting at the table, that fella dressed up in them funny kind of robes and things, that small friend Homie. Hiya, Homie. Wish I could offer you some fudge, but I ain't got none. Durned if I don't wish I had a piece, too.
2: Silence your tongue, fool, or you
1: shall lose it. Why, you ornery hog oh, God, slabs are Show it All right. I ain't saying nothing. Homie, I believe that's your
0: name. Yes? Yeah? What's the meaning of all this? How do you and all these men of yours happen to be in this
1: theater? What on earth is One
2: the... question at a time, my friend, effendi I am here, and these my men are with me because we knew that sooner or later you would come. Oh, you did? Yes. As to the meaning of all this, it has only one meaning. For two years, I, who have followed the sacred black pearl of Osiris across the world. The sacred pearl must be returned from whence it was stolen, the tomb of the god O'Hara. One of you has that power.
1: I know which of you it is. Well, which one is it?
2: Yeah, I'd sort of like to know that myself. Before I die, you know you are to die. Yes, all of you must die, for all of you have had a hand in this evil business. I wouldn't exactly say that. I don't see that... There's... I am no longer interested in your opinion, the you will please to remain, choir. There is one still missing from our little gathering, one who is vitally interested in whatever has happened. I shall have him brought in, and then, attendants, we shall proceed to the business at hand, which is the death of you all. Any, any man you have outside. Yes, master. Gee, I wonder who it is.
1: I find it. How it won't matter much. What?
2: Look at that man they're bringing over there. Good heavens. Roger. Roger Draper. Roger Draper? Mr. Kent, that's the man who claimed he was the real Sidney Rycroft. That's the man who impersonated the great Gambini.
0: Good evening, gentlemen and Sydney. We appear to meet again under rather distressing circumstances. What, Roger, what's the meaning of this? What on earth are you doing in America? I thought you were in London with my uncle, Sir Chatteras Andrews. Sydney, my dear, your uncle, Sir Chatteras, is dead. Dead? Dead? Sir Chartres. We tried to let you know, my dear, but you're such a trotter, you know. Devilish time keeping up with you myself. However, Sidney, I shouldn't waste any sympathy on your dear departed uncle if I were you. What do you mean, Roger? What are you talking about? Uh, look here, these gentlemen, Mr. Kent, Tumbleweed, young Jimmy, uh, they're rather in the dark, you know. Suppose I explain fully, and uh, then, Sidney, you'll understand. Yes, yes, please do. Gentlemen, I, Roger Drayfall, was the private secretary of Miss Ryecroft's uncle, Sir Charles Andrews. The last time Miss Rycroft saw Sir Charteris was at the tomb of Osiris in Egypt, the tomb which they together entered. Yes, yes, I know, Roger. When you and your uncle left the tomb, Sydney, your uncle was carrying the sacred black pearl. Do you
1: mean to say... I mean
0: it? to say, my dear, that he had stolen it from the idol in the tomb. During the days that followed, he had a special bullet made to fit a certain gun. That gun, my dear, he gave to you. And one of the bullets in that gun contained the pearl.
2: But
0: why, Roger, why? You were going to America, my dear. Your uncle knew that when the theft of the pearl was discovered, the cult of Osiris, led by our friend Humi here, would be after it. He figured that was the best way of smuggling it out of the country. I think I begin to see it all. He intended to come to America, get the gun from Miss Ryecroft, and regain the pearl for himself. Exactly. The pearl, as you know, is worth a fortune. Yes. As it happened, his death came at the moment he was preparing to leave for America. He regretted having placed his niece in such a dangerous position and begged me to come to America and save her from these uh, Egyptian fanatics. Seems to me you chose a pretty roundabout way of doing it. Miss Rycroft, you see, was marked for death just for having the pearl in her possession. These Egyptians are clever, shrewd. I had to figure some way of getting her out of danger completely. There seemed to be only one way, and that was to make her vanish completely. So for that reason, I arranged the entire theater episode. And then I came along very unexpectedly and threw a monkey wrench into the works. Exactly. That is why I tried to convince you that I was Sidney Rycroft. That you had merely imagined everything else that had gone before. <laughs> I knew you'd discover me sooner or later, but I hope by that time to have Sidney safely back in England. Hey, wait a
1: minute. I'm just beginning to realize something.
2: What's that, Tumbleweed?
1: Why, suffering coyote Jim! don't you see it? That there black pearl was hidden in a bullet. That bullet was in Miss Rycroft's gun. And that's the gun I was shot with. What? By jumping to your hospital. I'm carrying that bullet around with me right now. I've got the secret black pearl right in my leg.
2: Exactly, my friend. That is why my men and I have tried to capture you for days.
0: Yes, and that's why, Tumbleweed, I shanghaied you from the hospital. I knew whom he was after you, and I was trying to save you. Unfortunately, you sent us both crashing off a bridge and into the river.
2: Well, I, for one, am glad this whole mystery is clear up. has been fantastic. Well, I admit
0: I had to do a number of fantastic things, but remember I had good reason for doing them. It was a fantastic problem, and I was dealing with these Egyptians who are rather uh, fantastic people, you know.
2: Yes. Now that you have finished, Mr. Draper, we shall proceed to the business at hand. Uh, You have all had a hand in this evil matter. Therefore, you are all to die. Now, just a minute. We waste no more time. Once you are safely out of the way, I shall remove the pearl from the leg of your friend and my men and I shall return to Egypt. To Egypt and to Osiris. That's it. The glasses are ready, master. Oh, excellent. Mr. Icau. the gentlemen. These wine glasses you see on the table contain each a deadly poison. A poison which kills painlessly in ten seconds. Each of you, by turn, will pick up a glass and drink. There are five of you, and my mission shall be accomplished in less than five minutes. Which of you will drink that? Well, well, since there's no help for it, uh, I may as
0: well be the first. One. Uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Draper, I'd rather not stand around watching this thing. I'll drink the first glass. Mr. Kent. And Jim, we've got to take this thing like men. The less said, the better. You realize that, don't you? I suppose so. We already know and feel anything we might say, so I try to put it into words. I suppose you just look away while I print this down.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, turn your head, laughing, Stuart. That's the boy. Jane?
2: Mr. Kent. Yes. Yes. Oh. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Mr so long, kid. Oh, oh God. Yes. Mr. Kent. He is dead. You see? Quite painless. Very quick. Yo, pick him up and carry him outside. Yes, Master. <coughs> now, uh, who will be next?
1: I reckon it's how I'll be next. Give me that dark glass. There you are. Gosh, don't Now, Jim, just remember what Mr. Kent said. The less we say, the better. You're right about that. Drop that glass. i suck for It's that Superman fellow again. Superman, Yankee. We'll see about
0: that. You in? sweetie. fight you want, I'm out for it. Here's one for you. All right, come on, hold it.
1: Go that liner, Pull it out for England. All right, go with
0: it. Yes, Tumbleweed, and with him goes the conclusion to the mystery of the Black Pearl of Osiris.
1: Yeah, but there's still one part of that of mystery that still ain't cleared up. What's that, Tumbleweed? How come you drank that poison and lived to tell about
0: it? Well, as I explained before, it probably wasn't as powerful as whom he claimed it was. It merely knocked me unconscious instead of killing me. And, of course, when you got me to a hospital later on, the doctors did the rest.
1: Yeah, but, well, let it go. I've always felt there was something, well, kind of mysterious about you, Kent. And I always will. How some that fellow Shakespeare once said, All's well in So ends another
0: stirring and baffling adventure thanks to the powers of Superman. What new exciting times are in store for our friends? What new problems will arise to tax the powers of Superman? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story, With Superman! And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky,
1: look! It's a thing. It's a plane! It's Superman!
0: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
3: February 7th, 1941. The Black Pearl of Osiris, 11. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt. Before I get into my commentary for this episode, I have some feedback to go over, which is exciting. So, first off, over on the Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group, I had a comment concerning the last episode. And anybody... On Facebook, I encourage you to join this group. It's from Trussa Hackenmiller, and it says, We're all caught up, and I think there's one more episode in this series. I wonder who the real Sydney is, and if that pearl is stuck in Tumbleweed's pipe. The parentheses are meant to be in a whisper voice. Good job, Matt. These were fun to listen to on our road trip this weekend. And I give that a ha because that was a really fun comment. Thank you, Trust the Hackenmiller. And I said to her, I've listened to the finale and can tell you that is a good guess, but we are both wrong on the location of the Pearl. I hope to get the conclusion out by the end of tomorrow. And that was two weeks ago. Whoops! And we also had a share by a podcast, The Silver and Gold Podcast, and a shout-out on that page. It said, worth a listen if you love Superman and old 1940s radio serials. So thank you very much for that. Getting the word out on the show. And I had a new member to the group, and I said, I want to welcome Jason Jones to the group. He is a host on some fun podcasts. Check them out. Like I mentioned, the Silver and Gold podcast, but there's also one I wanted to talk about in particular and play a promo for, which is called Beetlemania. Which is a show he co-hosts with Tim Wallace And I wanted to spotlight that one in particular Because it has played on that podcast A few episodes of the Blue Beetle radio serial That's not all they do They, they talk about the breadth of Blue Beetle from, night, from when he was first introduced All the way to present day And all his various identities and incarnations But uh, I also was going to just read a blurb Just give a little information on the Blue Beetle old-time radio show. Because two paragraphs I found, and this is from ZootRadio.com. In 1940, Blue Beetle sold well in comics. So Fox licensed the character to CBS Radio for a syndicated radio serial for Blue Beetle, aiming to equal the popularity of The Adventures of Superman, which began in February 1940. The Blue Beetle, starring motion picture and radio actor Frank Lovejoy in the title role, was released on May 15, 1940. Blue Beetle was, as in the comics, a young police officer who sees the need to fight extraordinary crime and secretly dons a superhero costume to scare off the criminals who challenge him. The show flopped. Lovejoy gave the character a maniacal, almost sadistic cackle. It looked as if his Blue Beetle took a twisted pride in hurting criminals. After four episodes, Lovejoy left the show and was replaced with a new, uncredited actor. On September 13, 1940, the last episode broadcast. And I don't know who wrote that, but I think anybody halfway interested in, in old radio serials and Blue Beetle, that Venn diagram, should check it out. And I will play that promo. But first, I wanted to also do a Twitter comment. And this is from FKA Jason concerning the last episode. One thing that stands out about this episode in particular is the blatant racism. Man, the entertainment industry was a lot more permissive in the 1940s. No way would someone be referred as slant-eyed today. And I replied, ah, oh, yes, when Tumbleweed referred to someone as a slant eyed hombre. Even if said someone had shot him, racism is never okay. I just look through the 1940s lens and the character it's coming from. I think this was just ignorance on Tumbleweed's part. Okay, I will now play that Beatlemania promo, and then afterwards we'll get into the commentary on this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hold your breath, make
4: a wish, count to three. Come with me and you'll see a world that's filled with Beatlemania. Hey everybody, this is Tim, one of the co-hosts of Beatlemania, the Blue Beetle podcast. Along with my co-host Jay, we're going to be bringing you everything Blue Beetle, from the Golden Age adventures of Dan Garrett to the Silver Age adventures of a different Dan Garrett to the more recent adventures of Ted Kord and Jaime Reyes. Trust us, we're keeping it blue on the SNG Podcast Network.
3: Tim and Jay put out a great podcast over there at Beatlemania. I like it so much, I've given it a five-star review. Thanks again for the feedback, and an extra special thanks to Jay Jones, who, along with his band The Roy Clark Method, recorded a song about Superman, and he sent it to me, and he's given me permission to use it. I love it, and I definitely want to use it on a future episode. And by the way, the Roy Clark method can be heard on Spotify, so check them out. They have a great sound. Alright, moving into the meat and potatoes. My commentary for this epi- this episode. Clark, Jimmy, Tumbleweed, and Sidney are led by a gun-toting batik to a large cellar. And the Egyptians are holed up there, including Humi. And Tumbleweed recognizes him, and he regrets not having fudge because he wants to offer some to him. And he refers to him as his old friend. Now, this happened in the last storyline when he was trapped in that cave-in, and also with somebody who had shot him. So, he just wants fudge at the most inopportune times, and Baffles me that he'd be wanting to share this fudge with people who shot him. But that's tumbleweed Jones for you. And so they're then assembled, and whom he mentions, whom he says he'll cut out his tongue if he doesn't be quiet. And then Roger Draper is brought in, and we find out that this is the private secretary to charteris Andrews. So I was wrong in my prediction that I thought Charters Andrews was the one behind everything. Because he was the one that was at the tomb of Osiris with Sydney. No, we had to add the storyline had to add another layer as Roger Draper tells him, fills them all in that Charteris has died, and but that first he was trying to smuggle the pearl out, and it was in a bullet, or he had it put in a bullet, which was in a gun, which was in Sydney's possession. And that was the gun that Humi got a hold of and shot Tumbleweed with. And Humi must have figured out from Roger that the bullet is, in fact, in Tumbleweed's leg. So that was another wrong prediction I had that the bullet was in a piece of fudge that Tumbleweed ate. Nope. So it makes so much more sense that it would be in the bullet in his leg and we find out that he was Roger was the man who was claiming to be Sydney the great Gambini and probably Theodore Kelk who was the man who rented those theaters and wanted to make Sydney appear to seem to disappear forever with that with that elaborate trick and Clark mentions that's a pretty roundabout way of going about things which i would say is a monster understatement
2: for one, I'm glad this whole mystery is
0: cleared up. Sure has been fantastic. Well, I admit I had to do a number of fantastic things, but remember, I had good reason for doing them. It was a fantastic problem, and I was dealing with these Egyptians, who are rather uh, fantastic people, you know. Yes.
2: Yeah. Now that you have
3: finished, Roger, maybe if you would have tried to explain yourself a little better, and instead of just like shanghaiing Tumbleweed Jones from the hospital and taking him without speaking to him, that you're. One of the good guys. Then maybe Tumbleweed wouldn't have grabbed the wheel and forced you over the bridge into the water. Nearly costing you your lives. So, that's all finally cleared up. And, but they are in a predicament. Because Humi has them all by gunpoint. He's He decides that this is rather elaborate. So there's these wine glasses filled with poison which is to kill them in 10 seconds he says and I don't know why he doesn't just make them all drink at the same time he's I guess a little sadistic and twisted and wants to watch them all die watch watch whoever dies first and have the other ones a little horror stricken or what it is is just He's liking about the, one at a time, but anyway. So, Roger volunteers to go first, but Clark says he'd rather not stand around watching this thing. And so he's going to drink first. Jim objects, but Clark says they've got to take this thing like men. And Kent drinks and appears to die. How awful for Jim and the others to watch this. And whom he orders him carried out, and Tumbleweed is going to drink next. And he appears to be following Kent's lead. But I'm wondering what happened to the Tumbleweed who forced the car off a bridge when he thought he was going to be killed. I certainly hope he was planning to smash the wine glass in Humi's face. There's nothing mainly about just accepting your death. I say if you're going to be killed, you should go out swinging. But before the poison can touch Tumbleweed's lips... Superman bursts in and makes short work of the Egyptians. And if it's a fight they want, he's more than happy to oblige. He he says something to that effect. And so, fast forward, Roger and Sidney are heading back to England in an ocean liner. And Tumbleweed is puzzled why Clark lived after drinking that poison. And Clark just kind of Feeds him some lines about maybe it wasn't as potent as they thought. And the hospital took care of the rest. And, but Tumbleweed expresses that he thinks there's something kind of mysterious about Kent. He's always kind of felt that way. But, as Shaky Spear said, all's well that ends well. Alright, this storyline, The Black Pearl of Osiris, has the distinction of being the most convoluted storyline so far, in my opinion. I wonder if we're going to ever find out what happened with the Black Pearl of Osiris. It seemed like this story just ran out of time at the end. Now I can assume that it was removed from Tumbleweed's leg, but what I mean is, is it going back to England with Roger and Sydney, or is it going to end up in a museum, or is it going back to the tomb of Osiris, which is probably where it really belongs. And you could say the Egyptians were in their rights going after this pearl. However, the methods, or they're definitely going too far, especially when they want to cause death to the people who they thought were behind the disappearance of the pearl. So that is going to conclude my commentary on this. Outside the radio show, we just had... An event that I'll mention, and that is Frank Sinatra and Tommy Dorsey Orchestra recorded, Everything Happens to Me. So I'm going to conclude. That's going to be the song that plays at the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster in his copyright DC Comics. Theme song was, Now Raise the God. By man's ear And All music is copyright The respective copyright holders And if you want to reach out To the show As I was mentioning earlier There's a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group There is a My Twitter handle is At Radio Superman And you can send a voice message That I can play on the show through the Anchor app, which is free to download.
4: Oh, can